And they kind of looked at me and they said the answer was, was alcohol. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle. This is the story of The Tempest 2. So ladies and gentlemen, The Tempest 2. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Another weekend in the books, in the history books. Another weekend in the history books and another weekend that you've come off a little bit dusty. <laughs> yeah, oh God, that's true. And Yeah, another one. Sound like DJ Khaled, but it's, uh, yeah, stag do on Saturday. It's now Monday. The recovery's in full effect. Yesterday was a write-off completely. Um, I don't know. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people function well after a a big a big old send. But, um... This was no ordinary. Considering we were speaking about stag dudes the other day, and you know the ingredients for you know a, you know a memorable stag do. This was the opposite of that in terms of the ingredients, but sounded also great. I mean, yeah, this is yeah the opposite. Walk us through for for your stag. It's the opposite recipe, but it was. I thought it was going to be carnage because I mean, it, it was carnage, but it was controlled carnage. Uh, so there was 44 people, I think. Um, Fucking hell. On a, on a one day in, in London. So it was a 8am meet uh, to, to jump on a bus uh, and all head down there and a 10pm bus back from Shoreditch. So, the expectation, I just thought there were going to be bodies sprayed all over London and there was going to be about two people on the bus home. Um, but somehow, somehow, some way, it was uh, far more controlled than that. So kudos to uh, to the best man who, uh, I'll shout him out actually, Jack, because I know he listens to this. Um, so yeah, chapeau, very good job. 44, 45 people and we went, into London, we went to a place called Toka Social or Toka Social. I don't know how you say it, which is like uh, a football social like game, uh, like simulator sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, we dominated that. It was basically all kids' parties, and then 45 steaming lads turned up at 10 in the morning uh, and <laughs> threw the whole mood of the place. Um, that was amazing. Like, that's done really well. Highly recommend that. It's like, fires out footballs at you that you've got to control and then hit targets or you've got to hit them on the volley. Um, my legs are in absolute pieces from swinging my leg about 500 times and volleying balls that don't exist. That was very, very good. I don't, have you been to there? Have you been to that place? Well, actually, we've got a 50% um, offer code for Toka Social. TTT50 uh, <laughs> to receive and some free wings to give them a ring. <laughs> yeah, and the wings were very good there as well. I hadn't yeah, heard about that well, one until you mentioned no, it. No, really good. I didn't know where it was. And then we just turned up at the O2, um, where everything seems to be in London. Uh, there's a version of it in the O2. Um, and it just, was very just, good. Just to rewind to the group size. Um, yeah. So it, was your mate, it was your mate Josh, wasn't it? He stagged. That was it, yeah. So did Josh hire in some some actors? Uh, yeah. I, I nobody, know, nobody knows 45 people. What he'd done is he's actually invited everyone he's ever met, which is good, which was, yeah, it was really nice of him, actually. The bloke from the chippy. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, a mental amount. It was like full bus going down there. Um, 
carnage. It was actually, did you see? I mean, we'll get on to exhibition fights later, but it, Floyd Mayweather was actually fighting in the O2 on Saturday. Oh, hang on a minute. I read something about this last night and he sold like, there was like four people turned up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, we were there. You never would have known there was something happening that day. Bizarre. Oh, yeah, I think it was fighting someone from the Geordie Shore or something. So, um, Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Floyd Mayweather was fight on on the same night as the Fury pool fight. Yeah, or yeah, like exactly. The weekend same weekend, off. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Crazy. Totally fucked it. Yeah, I don't know why he does it. He's, surely he's got the money now. He just because he's a total wanker. That's why he's a bit. He's a bit of a weapon, isn't he? He is a fucking moron of a bloke. He must be losing cash on that though. Yeah, but he's got more cash than. He, He's just got no class, has he? Not 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 like an ounce of class. The guy's an <laughs> absolute wanker of the highest grade. <laughs> like, what a way to like. Funny, no. But just like, what a waste of being. You know, probably the greatest pound for pound boxer of the last whatever fucking thirty years. Yeah, he's up there. One of the greats to ruin it by being an absolute knobhead. Yeah. Consistently, like no class, no. You know, like put your name down in the history books in the right way. It's just like here I am counting my money again on Instagram. It's like, oh, you're cool. What the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing? Very, very weird to just go beating up random like TV celebs. Or, yeah, C like, listers like C yeah, listers generous celebs. as well. Yeah, some random bloke on Geordie Shore. Yeah, Love mental. It. Oh well, <laughs> mental. Yeah, fair play. Anyway, so we went. We went from the O2. We got the tube to flight club in shoreditch again 45 people piling in there thought it was going to be carnage they did it very well it's almost like they're used to having big groups in there it was good we had a, a woman who like hosted for the whole duration and just ripped into people i think it needed that sort of thing that sort of outside mediation uh, but if you haven't been to flight club similar sort of thing it's like a social like interactive darts game you can play anything of like in turn up in a group of four or obviously 40 um and that was great a few drinking games going on around it and we're only at 1 p.m at this point hey, flight club must i'd love to look into how much they fucking make on a year debate that place is printing cash because oh, that's, that's been around for a decade maybe i must like, it must be yeah. I've always remembered it being in london from even back you know 10 years ago and uh it's just busy constantly it is every, insane, every isn't night, it? Every night, it's full. It's like hard to get in. Because like pubs have dartboards. All they've done is stuck a couple of cameras around it that pick up where you've actually thrown the dart, put it, show you it in a nice way, and charge you out the hooper for it. And yeah, like you said, it's busy every single night. It's amazing. Yeah, what a great business. <laughs> Fair play. Fair Keep play. Keep the drinks pub. coming. Keep the pizzas coming. Simple. And then yeah. we went Simple. Then we went from there to it was England against Wales for the rugby heads. Um, I couldn't tell you if the game was any good, but we <laughs> managed to get a seat and watch that. Um, and I think England won, didn't they? They did, yeah. They did. The Wales are pants, aren't they? Yeah, they're shite. <laughs> England are shite as well. Yeah, uh, by the way. Yeah, like, it was a pretty poor game, I won't lie. The wooden spoon off, was it? Basically, pretty poor all round, but... Always good to beat the Welsh. The Welsh are funny, yeah. aren't they? Because they, 
if they win, it's the biggest thing that's ever happened and they won't shut up for years and years and years and years. Um, but when they're shit, they all just go a little bit quiet, don't they? They'll hide in the valleys, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're gonna, we're rebuilding, Bob. We're rebuilding. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. They are. They are rebuilding from the very ground up. I'm surprised they even played. They could roll a team out. I they know. Striking or something, wouldn't they? Embarrassing. But yeah, and then then we went on to just a few pubs and stuff from there. Anyway, everyone got the bus back. I was com- completely blown away by the fact that, firstly, you could get 45 people all stay together. We were allowed into different bars, like, as a group. They mm. must have just... Yeah, I don't know why. They must have just seen, a, seen us coming or... I know we had a couple of areas booked out, but even still after that, we were sound getting in everywhere. Very, very bizarre. Um, but it's just a marathon, isn't it? That just an 8am first beer to yeah, your 10, 10 PM last beer. I'm not built for that. I'll be completely honest with you. I think you just become immune to it after a few hours, don't you? And then you're just pouring, just pouring liquid in and it's not really doing much, but it's not doing you any good. You're getting a little bit weirder, just a yeah, little bit weirder. Yeah, Every half an hour, you get a bit weirder. It's just kind of like the fun has been had, and then it's just like <laughs> it's just a battle of attrition. It's just like we're all getting a bit weird. It's like because <laughs> we're bored. We've been together too long now. 8 a.m. is too early for everyone. Like a conversation that should take five minutes takes about an hour. Yeah, yeah. You, you're dancing around. Yeah, it's uh, everyone. It's then anyway. Everyone becomes a smoker at about 3 p.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll have a yeah. fight. Like, you haven't smoked in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a fight. Lungs, lungs are absolutely gone on Sunday morning. There's clouds of vape surrounding the <laughs> Oh, is that watermelon? Perfect. Yeah, just smell of mango passion fruit following the group. <laughs> but yeah, getting um, everyone back on that bus, is that is an impressive, impressive feat. Funnily yeah. enough, we did, leave, we did leave one man behind. Um and he, he he was in the queue R. for R. some food. So we were leaving Box Park and he was in the queue for some food. And the bus has started driving past. The bus driver just wasn't stopping. He was like, we've got to go. Anyway, so we're driving past. He turns around and he's waving at the bus. I don't think he knew it was us. <laughs> Everyone's waving at him. He's waving he drive off there. He had to get an Uber home, bless him. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> not heard from him since. So hopefully he's alive. But yeah, <laughs> uh, amazing. But yesterday was... Whew, it took me till about 7pm until I was able to hold a conversation and you had to you had to uh show someone around your your van didn't you You're trying to sell it stuff. I did, yeah i said to you earlier i was weirdly productive yesterday i can't remember any of it must have been zombie mode i, I know why i know why every bloke listening to this knows why so when you're hung over and obviously you know your wife is is you know not on the stag do with you she's you know you've got to show face the next day because <laughs> every every woman like <laughs> If if the man's hung over, fuck me, they're gonna make it known that you are yeah. not allowed to be unproductive. So it's almost, I think, been built into men that okay, so oh how oh how are you feeling? I feel, oh, do you know what? I feel I feel all right. So do you? <laughs> you look like shit. Yeah, well, like well, actually I didn't really enjoy yes. I didn't actually drink that much. Just had like yeah. I, you know, I felt a bit sick. I had a poorly tummy, so I didn't drink. So, well. <laughs> I think I had a dodgy burger. Yeah, yeah. And the guys should just being really mean. So, I, you know, I basically just... I actually went and grabbed the coffee for most of it. So, I feel yeah. all right. I'm not like that anymore. I, those guys, I just really not like it. And I, it's not my thing, really. So, I just, you know... I'm just tired. That's all it is. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just exhausted. I'm just tired. Slept terribly. Slept terribly. <laughs> um, slept terribly. So, I wonder why. It's like, oh, maybe it's the... 
45 gallons of pesh I poured down my throat <laughs> over, over 15 hours. <laughs> the fucking nine Jaeger bombs coursing through the veins. But yeah, yeah no, but was, I, just, I think you're I right. I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie on the sofa today. Let's get out and do something inside. <laughs> inside, like it's like you know that 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 picture of the the swan above the water is calm and collected, and then under the <laughs> under the surface, its legs are going. Mad. It's like that. Inside your body is like fucking. It's like red alert, red alert. It's We're going alert. down. Everything, yeah. <laughs> everything is being drawn towards. You need to stay alive for the next six or seven hours before you can go to bed. Full, full panic mode, isn't it? It's just, oh. I was just, I didn't make it upstairs. I just face planted in the sofa and I woke up and I didn't move. I was just a bag of bones for 10 and a half hours. And then I got one glance and I thought, oh, I've got to get up. <laughs> I've got to get up. I need a fry up now. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm just on, on day two now, but as you can probably hear in my voice, it's, it's knocked me back a little bit. I don't want to go on about it, but Mate, I would very... be calling in sick if I had a normal job. I'd be calling in sick. This is <laughs> a, a normal job. <laughs> if we were... if I worked in a factory, I'd be calling in sick. <laughs> Isn't it weird that we're just sat here alone in our fucking <laughs> stupid little houses, just speaking into a microphone? No one's listening. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. That's why it's funny, I think. That's yeah. why I like it. Just sat here talking. It's like, how was work today? It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Fuck it. What, We're is, what is life? <laughs> what man. is life? Well, moving on to um, what was a big event over the weekend. Amazingly, mm. it was a big event. It's crazy that this, these things have become it, but it is what it is. And you watch this on TikTok. <laughs> we, don't pay, we won't pay for Zoom and we will not pay for pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> the Jake Paul-Tommy Fury fight last night. I thought about watching it and thought not a chance. What time did it go on till? Finished at about 11, I think. Oh, right. I thought it was late in that. Okay, fair enough. I thought you were no, it, was, it was in Saudi, wasn't it? So it was, wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, mental. Mental what a spectacle the celebs turning up and i mean th- th- this is this is what says it all i would i would never have watched it but l was really really wanted to watch it she was what? the one streaming it on her tiktok she's been this is like she's never watched a boxing fight never watched anything like that mma none of that in her life now some bloke who was on love island and her you know his missus or whatever his molly may big influencer um she had to watch it she couldn't not watch it she didn't even know who jake paul is she just really had to see tommy fury in this fight i was like that is insane so naturally i did get into it as well but uh that's so interesting. Uh, yeah that, that's that says it all it was like almost wasn't necessarily for boxing fans it was for i don't know youtube fans or like yeah. weird little influencer celebrity lifestyle fans it was very weird and the boxing kind of reflected that i suppose I guess when you look at it like that, it, it's kind of good for boxing in that sense. Yeah, yeah. In a, in a way, in you know, in in the purest way, it's not good for boxing because they're not really boxers, and they're earning more than most boxers do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just, fuck, fair play, like Tommy Fury. So I googled this before uh, we came on here. So I think 
overall with sponsorship and everything and the pay-per-view it was estimated to earn between four and five million bucks jake paul was double that because he obviously put the whole thing on basically i'd fight jake paul for four million bucks one hundred percent definitely like not even wouldn't have to ask twice yeah i'm in it's like yeah probably fill me in doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) i'll take an absolute pasting for four million bucks you can do whatever you want Switch me off for one million. Yeah, I'll do it. Oh, put me on the canvas, early doors. Wake up in hospital, four million pounds. Done. Yeah. When's the next one, please? Yeah, <laughs> rematch, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll... Tommy Fury took the rematch in an instant. Yeah. An absolute shock. heartbeat. Shock horror. I mean, I know nothing about boxing, um, but based on the commentary, it wasn't the best display of boxing from either side but i think jake paul is obviously built this i mean fair play he's built this absolute hype storm around him being able to fight and box and sell fights and he has done that fucking made millions and millions of dollars but he's calling out canelo alvarez (laughs) that's absolutely insane he's like one of the best boxers of the last generation uh and then I think now he finally faces someone who has boxed, you know, spent the last 10 years boxing in some capacity, albeit he's not that great. Uh, but he did get his eyebrows boxed off yesterday. So I think, oh, Canelo might have to wait a little bit longer. But maybe, maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. You know, what I just said then, you know, I'd fight Jake Paul for 4 million bucks. Maybe he's like, fuck it, I'll fight Canelo for another 10 million. Maybe it's like, fuck it, I'm going to make absolute coin. I'll keep doing it. And he, he's got he's to gotta talk the talk, isn't he? Otherwise, if he was... You know, I'm just a YouTuber and, you know, I really respect these guys. And, you know, just being in the ring with them, no one gives a shit. So he's kind of got to be like, hey, you little washed up bag of shit. I'm coming for you. And everyone's like, whoa, like, he's yeah. going to kill you now. I want to watch that. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. But he has, has, he has his ego checked big time. Yeah, for sure. But, like, it's still... In, in my opinion, he's in a lose-lose situation. No, sorry, a win-win situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. He gets paid a fortune, like double what Tommy Fury did. Secondly, he's not a boxer. He's a YouTuber. Yeah. You know, and everyone knows that. Even if he says, you know, I'm going to beat you, blah, blah, blah. But everyone knows you're, he's not a trained boxer. So they he should lose. Yeah. So when he does lose, it's like, oh, fuck it, fair enough. He gave it a go. He's win-win. Whereas Tommy Fury, if he'd lost that fight... <laughs> Like that is the most. They were leaving him in Saudi, weren't they? Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, his family have come out saying he's disowned. It's like, wow, <laughs> that's that seems like a lot of pressure, doesn't it? That's really? why he cried when he won. Then, Jesus. did he? Did he cry? Ah, oh, bless him. Fair play, yeah, beat him. Like you can't knock that, but didn't knock him out though, did he? No, I don't even think he came close. No, just a little jabby yeah. jab jab. <laughs> or Jabberson. But yeah, Jake yeah. Paul, if you're listening to this, I'm coming after you. <laughs> Yeah. 150 quid purse. Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll put you it need out a little, you need a little tune up spa. L- live streamed on our YouTube channel, which has got 200 subscribers. <laughs> we go mainstream. Exactly. It's all it takes. So, yeah, hell of an event. Isn't it weird, hell though, these, these YouTubers now that have, you know, grown up, you know, into whatever they're all 30 now, kind of near enough our age. But. They've grown from little weird <laughs> bastards 
who just yeah. danced in front of webcams in their rooms and clearly didn't really have any mates and was all just a bit weird. And here I am fucking pouring water on my head and stuff. <laughs> stuff. Over time, they've been weird little weirdos consistently for 10 years. Fair play, kept going, unlike us. Uh, and now have become incredibly wealthy, but have built this delusion of grandeur around themselves that now yeah. they can, you know, what they say goes. They have this wisdom and, you know, go and box world champions and stuff. It's, it's fascinating to see how, like, that evolution of these YouTubers has, has come about. It's, it's, it is crazy if you think about it. Totally crazy. I was having this conversation with someone the other day saying, like, and I might just be like my age or just feeling like allergic to some of that content that goes out. Yeah. You know, those same, that same like energy from people. Exactly. And you're watching it and you go, actually, this is garbage. It's like, but there's 50 million views in it or something. It's just, they've built this weird little <clears throat> cycle of doing it. And then I was thinking, is there, you know, like legit YouTubers, but there, there definitely is. Um, it's like, the Casey Neistats or those people in the world, but they're just hype machines, aren't they? Like KSI, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, all these guys. Um, fascinating. Just a different world. They're just like rode the YouTube wave where, yeah, kind of anything that they said was play on uh, and added to their like celebrity, which yeah leads to this. Yeah. I'll start a drinks company, start prime, big fastest growing drinks company in history or whatever. Man. You know? Yeah. I'll, I'll go into boxing and I'll sell more out like pay-per-view buys than the last fucking 50 boxing box offices combined. It's just like mental. The power is huge, isn't it? Mr. Beast spending hundreds of millions on like episodes for his YouTube channel. And it's insane, but fair play, I guess on the other side. It's entertainment, isn't it? I guess they're, yeah, exactly. they're like a complete, this complete new genre of entertainment. So totally. fuck it. They're at the top of it. And, yeah, some of the stuff they do. Oh god, yeah, it fucking makes you feel sick. It's so cringe, but fuck it, it seems to work, doesn't it? Definitely, people love it. People absolutely love it. Right, to jumping into probably the opposite, the total, the total opposite person to a glitz and glamour YouTuber with a hundred million views. Uh, going into the adventure mindset segment this week, we were talking about this earlier the so a few days or last week i think it was uh there was a piece written in i think it was uh, outside magazine by a really famous climber and photographer and um a voice in climbing guy called cedar wright and it was a almost like a eulogy for a guy called Eamon mcneely who no one would have heard of we've never heard of him but who is like one of the original yosemite dirtbags he was in this thing called the, the rock monkeys who like you know lived in Yosemite, kind of that whole valley uprising vibe. And this bloke died last week, uh, and so we kind of dug into this guy to like, understand, you know, why was there all this kind of um, this outcry that you know he'd passed away and he was a bit of a legend in that scene. And it kind of just got us thinking about you know the complete antithesis in terms of a way of life to seeking money, big ticket boxing matches, and watches and cars and everything like that this guy lived the opposite of that but probably lived a more eventful life than all of those youtubers combined um the guy was an absolute nutter wasn't he yeah uh like you said no idea who he is and you know we spent a long time in the valley never come across him 
hadn't even really heard of him, but I'm just going to read actually that little bit from Cedar Wright, who like wrote about it because it's it's a pretty awesome like little statement. Uh, so it's like so sad to know you are no longer on this side of the ether, and honestly, it's a miracle you made it this far. You had a way of narrowly averting death with clockwork, like regularity. You were loose as fuck. You're the archetypal badass. You had a laundry list of accidents and incidents that would kill most men. Like it's just, he's an insane, insane bloke. Whether it was climbing, I think he did a lot of aid climbing. He was base jumping. He seemed to like the the thing in in the little eulogy that's funny is like you loved most things apart from Yosemite Rangers. <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> I think he got arrested like twenty plus times for breaking the rules. Obviously, there's no base jumping and stuff in Yosemite. Just a complete cowboy. Oh, what, what did he call himself? The pirate of Yosemite. Pirate. Yeah. Uh, apparently, like... And slowly got... became a pirate, didn't he? Yeah. Well? So whenever he got drunk, he would put on a pirate voice, which I think, he, by the sounds of it, he was drunk 95% of the time. <laughs> but like, some of these stories. So, you know, when we went to Yosemite, you know, the people we were hanging out with were, you know, mainly really good climbers through that kind of like network we built through you know eric and, and whatever you know really good climbers who take it quite seriously to a point whereas there's that whole other side that we didn't really see much of we saw glimpses of it you know camp four in yosemite which is like renowned for just just you know climbing bums and smoking doobie and drinking until fucking 6 a.m and then going and climbing super hard routes this guy was like the the center of that and uh, there's this one story that Cedar Wright says when, you know, he was quite young, had gone to Yosemite for a season. And this guy, like, middle of the night, jumped on his van and was like, oh, matey, like, fucking. Anyway, watch this guy, like, sink 20 cans of cider. Old English cider, which is hip, by the way, that they were drinking that. <laughs> uh, 6 a.m. comes around, still, like, finishes off a can, absolute rager. And then just walks up to Yosemite and starts, like, a, a two-week ascent of some fucking crazy aid route um just like lunatics just absolute lunatics but yeah he eventually after wanting to be a pirate for so long in a base jumping accident uh smashed his leg up got it amputated so he had a prosthetic leg and thought he was a pirate which i think kind of worked out fairly well for him literally didn't stop him doing anything like i think probably doubled down on the climbing when he had a prosthetic leg um yeah i mean that was how did he how did he actually die was it a climbing accident oh the way he died is <laughs> you don't want to laugh at it because it's not funny because he died but it is there is some kind of weird poetry to the fact that a guy who risked his life for 40 years base jumping and climbing pissed and doing stupid shit i think he was in uh moab in utah and basically was sitting down for a cup of coffee like on uh, like the top of one of these routes and as he sat down, his leg got caught on something and he fell backwards off a cliff. That's how he died. No. Yeah. It's like, no, not the leg. Oh. No. So, yeah. That like, is. <laughs> you think you That's think it'd be something crazier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess when you spend, he probably spends 90% of his life, sober life, whatever that is, not a lot of time, um, on like, the side of rock faces. It just takes like one little thing, doesn't it? Yeah, that but like Brucey skipped him. The uh, like you know, linking it back to the adventure mindset type thing. There was a the first thing that I saw that he died was uh, Leo Holding, who's a British like uh, legendary climber, um, posted mm. about him, and he 
uh, pulled up a quote that this uh, Eamon had said a few years ago. And he basically said that I would rather live 40 years of excitement and fun and exhilaration than 80 years of la-di-da, you know, boring shit. Why not get out there and live it? Which I think is, there's a lot of sense in that. And, you know, we speak about Love it. A lot. Like, just, you'd rather go and just go for it. Full noise, full throttle, rather than coast an easy totally. kind of 30 mile an hour, stay within the speed limit, get to 60, retire, and then fucking, yeah, shock horror, you're 60 and you're retired. Um, <laughs> but this yeah. guy must have had some serious stories. Holy shit. I was going to say, I think that, that like what Cedar Wright says, it was surprising that he even made it to 40. He was living like he wanted to live 30 years. Just, well, you know, we know what it's like. When you're like up there and you something goes wrong or like it's close to going wrong, it's fucking scary. It's enough to make you want to go on the floor and like go back down to the valley floor, not climb again. Like there's definitely, for most people, there's a bit of a balance of like pushing it and then like also trying to maybe get some longevity out of life. <laughs> he's literally like, yeah, climb up. The fact that he's doing all these ascents, either extremely hungover or still on the piss. Remember one of his first climbs was like, try and set this new route and they got stuck in a storm. And all they basically had was like 30 liters of cider and they, they stayed, tried to wait this storm out. Uh, they ran out of cider, ran out of food, and then they had to make the decision. They had to bail, basically. It was either die on this ledge or bail, come down there. And he's saying that he still remembers them walking. It was him and this Eamon and his friend walking into the uh, like the pizza spot down in Yosemite, just literally on death's door. Just turn up there, just got a couple of beers in, just t- telling stories. It's like, oh, my God. That's... That's that's that is like living it properly, I suppose, isn't it? It isn't it. I guess that's just <clears throat> no care about money or conforming, or it's just like I'm just gonna try and have as much fun as I possibly can. Exactly. Constantly. But I feel do you feel with these athletes? Um and certainly now you look at someone like Honold, who has, you know, hit the pinnacle of the sport in terms of, you know, he's free soloed the big one, essentially, but still <laughs> seems to keep soloing, you know, on his own a lot of the time in you know, Las Vegas and that area. Mm-hmm. And you feel like there's some of the big mountain athletes, you know, the, the you know, f- proper high altitude climbing. Do you think it is just, there is an element of, you know, your time will run out? Yeah. Like, it just seems like, you look at solo as solo is a bit different because it is just the most definitive kind of sport there is. If you make a mistake, you basically are going to die. But, you know, you look at all the, the deaths, especially, like, you know, in, in climbing as well, like amazing climbers like you, Ali Steck and David Lama, whatever. And uh, it just feels like if you put yourself in that environment for long enough, you're yeah. rolling the dice consistently, aren't you? Oh, I think, I think they all know that. I think like, look at the last 10 years like the best climbers that have all died like those people that you mentioned none of it's their fault Mm. it's all you know it's nothing to do with them like slipping or falling everything's outside of their control and you kind of feel that way like you're just kind of rolling the dice in the sense of you don't know what you're going to expect that's why people always kick up a stink so much with honold and like free soloing because it's not really to do with skill level like he says there's a lot of people more skilled but if you 
go to grab a hold and it just comes off a rock because it's just bad timing. It's like, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. And that's like stupid. It's the same with the high mountain avalanches and stuff. It's completely out of your control, but you put yourself in that situation enough times. Yeah, probably going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty scary. But yeah, that, that's also like where they have to be, isn't it? They're all wired that way. Imagine them doing what we're doing now. Yeah. Not possible. Wouldn't happen. <laughs> they wouldn't know how to produce a podcast. <laughs> It'd be all over the shop. Look at the thread that we're guiding through this podcast. <laughs> it's a majestic it's narrative. It's mastery. And on that note, we move on to our next segment. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Guys, oh. we're on episode eight, by the way. So, oh, 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 yeah. Yo, that's two months of pure podcasting. <laughs> oh, oh. We are. So if, you're still, if you're still with us, well done. <laughs> that's it. I'm putting podcaster on my LinkedIn. Yeah, we've made it. We've officially made it. Right. And to the next one, the next uh, segment where we, I think we mentioned last week, we touched on it briefly, um, but a series that we're, we're going to dive into and it's ultimately following the, the routines, the daily rituals, the morning routines, the habits of some of the most successful, uh, however, if you see it as that, uh, people like, and they're, historically famous routines so those who listened last week will know that i was midway through tackling david goggins day um and we'll be doing sort of one a week so so tommy's taking one on this week uh, and we're going to go through list of people we'll take recommendations so if you know of any famous or awesome sounding routines send them over and we'll give them a go <laughs> um but just to go back on to talk about the the Goggins day that I had, which uh, as a refresher was a 5.30 wake up, a 6 a.m. 13 mile fasted run, followed by a bowl of porridge, (laughs) followed by an hour lifting weights in the gym, um, come back, a couple of hours of work, run seven miles at lunchtime, uh, try and do a bit more work, then ride the bike for an hour, and then an hour of stretching. Uh, which is just saying it out loud, it's just absolutely bonkers. It's a hell of an effort. It's a hell of an effort from you, to be honest. Um, You know, speaking to you during it, I I don't know, obviously your feedback will be um, most valuable because you did it, but it just seems like a a complete nonsense to me that he does that every day. I can't see how. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, like, let's just let's just pretend that he does and you know <laughs> maybe he does and he is he is an athlete he's far more athletic way fitter than like i will ever be he's a nutter but it just doesn't make much sense mm. and i'll tell you why so like the running stuff fine like running 20 miles in the day that's what i found really hard you know it's a really long way to run in in one day let alone doing it every single day um ultra runners you know UTMB guys, marathon runners, very rarely run that far, like as a training run. In marathoners, that's like your big, big training run before doing it. Uh, and then everything else is way less than that. Uh, but doing that every single day, you know, the the impact, the fatigue is, is mental. So then there's just that running element. And, you know, he is a runner, like that's what he does. So maybe, maybe he does do that. But doing, you know, an hour, an hour and a half lifting weights in the gym, the cyclic element, like there's just no no need for that. 
And with the cycling in particular, I, I'm a big fan of cycling. Uh, follow it religiously, love it. So he apparently cycles 25 miles to his workplace. So commutes with a backpack on uh, 25 miles. And apparently it takes him one hour, which would mean he's cycling 25 miles per hour, um, which actually would put him in the Tour de France. <laughs> uh, especially because he's doing it with a backpack on. On a, probably a mountain bike as well. Exactly. So either there's, you know, some room in that story and it's maybe not 25 miles, 25 kilometers, maybe a little bit more realistic, or there's a little bit of embellishment going on here. And I'm not taken away from the fact that he is a complete nutter. No, definitely not. But that's, that's not what we're trying to do. The guy is, you know, an established lunatic. He's hard as <laughs> Certified. Time. But at the same time, I feel like, I think what we're trying to shine a light on is, you know, a lot of these morning routines and things like that, that people get so caught up about. Most of them are just fucking nonsense. Like really, you know, they, they, yeah. yeah okay. Getting up early may mean you can do more work. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But that's obvious stuff. It's very obvious that that is what will allow you to do that. You're just waking up earlier. So, but yeah. like a lot of these things, like, you know, the one that I'm going to take on this week, it's more just to be like, this isn't what everyone should be aspiring to do, by the way. Like, it's a exactly. lot of it is garbage. And I think, you know, there are, there are some good parts of it. And that's why we're doing these, like, weekly things. It's basically to, yeah, to call out some bullshit. And, like, if they are the routines, to give them a bit of stick. But also to see if there's things that we really like and go, actually, I can kind of see why someone would do this daily. Um, and, yeah, like... You know, the Goggings Day was a lot, but it was still like very rewarding. You know, like you don't want to go out there and run at lunchtime. You don't really want to go on the bike and stuff. But so you kind of do have more of those feelings of, I don't want to exercise. Oh, but I've done it. So I'll feel good again. Like you get more opportunity for that. But doing it every day, not very productive. It's not very balanced in any way. Ultimately, I don't think it's very healthy. Um, it gives you a feeling of, yeah, a simple sense of achievement of ex in exercise terms, um, but it, it kind of wrote me off for the next day. Yeah, at exactly. least. Well, you, were, you were fucked, weren't you? Day yeah, I woke me out. Could barely get out of bed, um, <laughs> let alone run another thirteen miles at six a.m. again. So that's the thing. That yeah, I... talk, talk, talk us through what what are you um, what are you planning? So I'm going to be doing the infamous Marky Mark Wahlberg. Uh, morning routine and now we're, we're basically finding the routines that are famous and you found it with the goggins one as well a few people commenting like oh no he doesn't do that anymore he does this and you know the hours change slightly doesn't matter that's not the point you know so the classic mark Wahlberg routine which i'm going to follow is along the lines of i think it's a 2 30 a.m wake up which is just just absolutely blowing my mind already Blowing my mind. So I'm going to have to go to bed at around 7.30 p.m. tonight. That's insane. I don't know how I'm going to sleep. But You're not. No, I'm not. You're right. I'm going to get about three hours sleep. So <laughs> the 2.30 a.m. wake up. Um, straight out of bed, going into a, a workout. Obviously, the gym obviously isn't open. So I, I'm, I'm going to lay the kettlebell. I've got a kettlebell up here in, in the office and a yoga mat and some bands. So I'll just do like a... 
I don't know, I can't remember how long exercise is for, 45 minutes, I think. I'll yeah. just do like a, some kind of circuit. Then it's like half an hour praying, which would be interesting because I don't believe in God. No, I'm looking forward to seeing the outcome of Imagine that. Imagine if I come out of this believing in God because I prayed for half an hour. So what are you going to pray for? Is that how it works? You. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your dirty little stag do soul. <laughs> <laughs> Repent, please. Yeah. Repent. Um, so I'll pray, which, yeah, give that a go. Or just sit there, I guess, in silence. And who then... would you pray to? Sorry, I don't want to get... Oh, fuck me. That is a whole new segment. Um, who will I pray to? That's a great question. Maybe I'll be trying to figure out who I am praying to. Like it. Okay, cool. Try a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> see, see if you get any answers. Just like sliding into DMs of, of Allah <laughs> or of God. Why is why is Christian one just called God? I don't know. What does Allah mean God in? I think it probably does. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be careful here in case in case there's any like radical Islamists listening who I don't want to offend them by calling Allah Alan or anything like that. So yeah, I think I'll, I'll find it, out. I'll, we speak, are on. I'll speak to Allah. I'll speak to God and any others I should speak to to figure it out. Um, Bikram, what's that? <laughs> That's yoga. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> oh, I thought he was the Buddhist. I thought he was the fat, the fat Buddhist man. Sorry. Yo, Bikram. It's like no response from Bikram. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Buddha. It's, it's just Buddha, isn't it? Yeah, Buddha. Um, so yeah, give him a shout. See which one responds. Uh, then after that, pray. I will go into. I believe. I think it's straight into golf, which is amazing. Great, I could bake that into a morning routine happily. Pray so, for a few birdies. <laughs> Seven a.m. I think. Um, I'll be driving down to the golf course. Now you're talking. Yeah, now I'm talking. Uh, and then after that, it gets a bit mundane. He has a cryotherapy session, which I'm, I'm going to struggle to replicate. I'm not going to lie. Get in uh, the freezer. It's the least you could do. <laughs> man dies in fridge. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, it's work. It's snacks. I'm not going to really talk too much about the snacks. And then there's a gym session in the evening, I think. Nice. So the, the thing that I think is just... I can't wrap my head around with Mark Wahlberg is, is the wake up time just seems no. absolutely ludicrous. It's uh, ridiculous. 2.30 AM. That's, that's nighttime. It's not even morning yet. Is it really? It's ridiculous. <laughs> so you could, you could quite easily just push the whole thing back four hours and start yeah, at six and have a normal day. Exactly. Mm, that, that That's the thing that I'd struggle with is, it doesn't seem to be too much logic behind that. But hey, the man is Mark Wahlberg. So I will listen and I will adhere to his routine exactly. and uh, feedback next week. You'll be a blockbuster in Hollywood in a matter of years, probably. Maybe. Have a great rig at 50. Can't mock it. The man's in great shape. No, exactly. Fair play. Bloody hell, fair play. Well, I guess we'll move on to the next segment. Please. Well, we'll be looking back at something we've done. Um, going scrolling through the camera reel, pulling up some some memory, uh, and this week it was on me. And I'll just flick through. I found myself in California having a look at a few photos. Oh, lovely! How do you do? Yeah, and um, we were on a uh, like a I guess a little tour of some organisations, some businesses uh, doing some keynote speaking. 
that took us from Boulder in Colorado to San Francisco uh, and eventually up to Portland. Um, all fantastic, but I'm going to just focus in on the San Francisco section where we were looking at how we could maximize our time there uh, between some keynotes and a couple of meetings. And we decided to race one of the famous trams, the San Francisco cable cars. Um, and it was actually bloody good fun. Uh, very hard, but we raced, I think it's called the power it is, it's called the power line and it's 2.1 miles, uh, 3.2 kilometers from the start to the finish. We strapped a GoPro, like stuck a GoPro on the cat on the cable car. And just as it started, we just took off running. Uh, it was mental, wasn't it? We went, obviously, it's like the hilliest city in the world, up and down the hills, zigzagging around. We ran through a wedding party who were getting off the bus, going into the venue. Quite an eventful time. Um, and it doesn't sound very far. I mean, it's not that far, 2.1 miles, but we were absolutely blitzed. And by the time we finished, we literally just beat this thing by about 30 metres. So we've got the title. We beat the tram. It was it was good fun, actually. I think the, the first 50%, we set off probably a bit too quick and then realised, you know, the first mile is essentially just pure uphill. Yeah, it was, wasn't we, it? We kind of cooked ourselves a little bit, got to the top, and I, tram was pretty much about to overtake us. And then the downhill was, uh, luckily, we made up that time. But it's, it's a crazy city, San Francisco, isn't it? When you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. We, we left soon after ran through some sort of project establishment with a few junkies in the corner. Next thing you know, we're in the financial district and there's ridiculous wealth everywhere. We turned left, we're in Chinatown and everything's like two minutes in each. It was crazy actually, isn't it? Crazy. Yeah, I, I feel like San Francisco is it's like the ultimate like juxtaposition between like eye-watering wealth and success and whatnot and then just abject poverty and distress but you're yeah. so right you cross a road and you go from you know a homeless camp essentially on the side of the road with needles everywhere you know dudes just fucking walking around naked off their nuts you know a lot of them with like severe mental health issues but they just turn to drugs because there's no system to help them and then on the other side yeah. of the road you know just two minutes up there you've got a house that's worth $50 million and it's you yeah. know, one of the tech CEOs lives in it. It's just fucking mad. Like how that like counter exists. But at the, at the moment, obviously the last couple of years, it's been like the wild West San Francisco, like right. people getting robbed on the street constantly, like shops being raided and just like stuff being ripped out in the middle of the day. And it's just like, it's become like lawless. And uh, it wasn't obviously that bad when we were there, but, crazy 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 place fucking it's cool a weird one but... i was gonna say i i seem to go through phases of like really liking it and then never wanting to go there ever again or like really not being fussed about it something about it like draws you back in it's a it's a it's got this weird little own climate as well isn't it and you know we went down to it's santa cruz like the, the ne yeah. kind of next level down where we went um on the mountain bikes and stuff but that's all kind of a part of the same area, isn't it? That little tech hub. Uh, very strange. Very strange. And like, you know, those areas where housing prices are just disgusting. Um, where you, you're pricing 
most people out of living there unless you work at Apple, Facebook or Google, essentially. Mm. Uh, and yeah, then you go into the city and it's carnage. You go across the bay and Oakland is, I don't know, I've not been there for a while, but last time I went to Oakland, is one of the scariest places I've ever been. Pretty dicey. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we've got a Greyhound bus through there, which maybe isn't the best form of transport anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just a, a crazy, crazy place. But yeah, good. I mean, great, great for the trams. Great for the Insta, sure. Absolutely. Good little video we shot there as well. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chuck that up to reminisce. Yeah, I like that. I like them. We'll have to do that. We've got a, um, we'll be in New York later this year. Maybe we can think about what a version of racing the tram or what an equivalent little challenge we could do might be in uh, in New York. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, just trying to think of something that wouldn't just absolutely dust us <laughs> no no it has Probably, to be i mean if the, 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 of the tram. we paid a yellow cab driver in rush hour to go from uptown to downtown i reckon we'd win oh yeah we probably would actually wouldn't we i reckon we'd go about half a mile and we'd be finished yeah in rush hour yeah that that sort of thing there must be something we can do the novelty of the cable cars is what really made it elite in terms of that like like, here's 50 bucks we'll meet you in downtown he's like yep okay (laughs) just turns right and fucks off (laughs) oh i think he's like no our gopro's stuck on the back yeah oh no (laughs) oh no he's He's completely taking us for granted fair play to him yeah well, maybe we'll think about yeah. the logistics of that. Oh, yeah. No, we'll get back to you on that. We've also got to make sure we're still in some sort of position to provide some decent work as well. Yes, that's also part of the, part so of the reason for being there. Yeah, there'll be no marathons or any of that. Good stuff. Well, what a lovely close that came to you there. We just both just, just rounded things off nicely. Natural collapse. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, Well, yeah. All the very best with uh, the Wahlberg day tomorrow. We'll oh, look forward you. to hearing how it goes. Yeah. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be good. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll, uh, we'll be back next week, of course. Wonderful. Everyone, have a great week. Bye.